Hello, hello and welcome back to another episode of Tuesdays with the fun guy. Formula 1's back which means I am back. Also, there have been changes to this weekend. If you guys didn't know, this was a sprint weekend for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. And instead of doing it the traditional way, FIA have introduced a new format. So, instead of us doing it the traditional way by announcing the results of the race and the sprint, we'll change it up a bit as well. So what we'll do is we'll actually, I'll, I'll tell you guys the new format and then we'll move, you know, upwards from Friday to Sunday. So we used to have some traditionally like FP1, FP2, FP3, Saturday qualifying and Sunday race. That is your normal order and that still stays. But for sprint races, which were introduced back in 2021, first sprint race was the British Grand Prix, was at the British Grand Prix, where you would have a first practice session on Friday, then you would have a sprint qualifying on Friday, then you'll have a FP2 on Saturday, then you'll have the actual sprint race and the finishing order of the sprint race will actually decide the starting order for actual Sunday's Grand Prix. But what they have done with the new format is now, we all wanted less practice because it makes the race unpredictable when the engineers have less data and which we saw the race was quite unpredictable but at least the sprint race was unpredictable but what they have done is they have removed the free practice too and they have inserted a new sprint shootout and the finishing order of the sprint race does not decide the starting of order of the Sunday's Grand Prix so what they have done is on Friday, you'll have a free practice session one and that's, I don't know why do they even call it one because that's the only practice sessions you're going to get this weekend. So Friday, you have the practice session and then on Friday, you have the qualifying which sets the order for the actual main big points paying Grand Prix on Sunday. Now, we I agree we wanted less practice and you know, but we didn't want the sprint races to be more pointless because on Saturday you'd have a sprint shootout which sets the order for the sprint later on th on the same day and the winner of the sprint gets 8 points and then towards P8 it just goes like 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2 and 1 but it, so as like it does not set the order for the actual Grand Prix that makes it even more pointless because it's an unnecessary risk to the car and mechanics have to repair it overnight then there are cost cap issues then there's teams like red bull blaming it on catering then there are endangered jobs of chefs and that was a pretty bad joke i regret doing it and i promise you i will keep on doing it again because you know at some point in time it'll start getting funnier i guess but yeah come on. jokes aside they have made it more pointless and not everyone's a fan of this new format. For example, your two-time Formula 1 world champion Max Verstappen. I don't know, I just get that, you know, the surge of energy while shouting his name. So, Ma Max is not happy with the format. <laughs> just saying. So, qualifying on Friday, please, ladies and gentlemen, hold your hand, hold your horses, take a deep breath in because... It's the prancing horse of Charles Leclerc to actually get the pole position three times in a row since 2021. So he was on pole at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix for 2021, 2022 and this time around 
you know, around the streets of Baku ever since the I am stupid incident, Luck Luck just comes alive. He grabbed the pole position in front of a much faster Red Bull. It was a Red Bull 2-3 as you'd expect and Carlos Sainz in P4. Actually, Carlos Sainz said it was a damage limitation weekend for him. So that P4 is actually a solid P4. But yeah, Charles Leclerc, 19th pole of his career. That, that That's a pretty big... Spoiler alert, I'm not, I'm not, okay, cancel out the spoilers, I'm not gonna give any spoilers, so, actually, your finishing order for the qualifying and starting order for the main Grand Prix is Charles on pole, Max Verstappen in P2 and Checo Perez in P3. Now, next up comes Saturday, comes Sprint, Sprint Shootout. So, you'd expect Verstappen to fight back, but no, my guy qualified P3. Guess who's in front of him? Nope, it's the king of streets, Checo Perez. But who took the pole position for the sprint then? It's the bloody prancing horse of Charles Leclerc once again. Now that that is the Charles we've been waiting for the entire season. But you, you'll get to know it. But so yeah, Charles was on pole for the sprint. Checo was on the front row and Max was in P3. Now, the actual sprint race, it was it, it was not a big deal, I guess, because it was not a high point paying position. And plus, if you actually gain positions and if you're just finishing below P8, it's totally worthless and you're just wearing out your engine. So, like, I look at it as uh, once you start the qualifying, you're not allowed to change your, you know, your setup. So, just wish that... Maybe not the engine modes, but at least your setup on the wings or the anti-roll bar and stuff. So, I guess if I could, you know, now the feedback's coming in. Now that the weekend is over, the feedback's coming in. So, I hope if I do make the change for next sprint race, I get hopefully. But yeah, the actual sprint race, as you'd expect, Charles Leclerc did not win because that Ferrari has a horrendous race pace. And it was the king of streets to win the sprint race in Azerbaijan. Sergio Perez took the top spot, not on the podium. It was kind of a podium. I'll call it a podium. So, Sergio Perez took the top spot on the podium. Charles Leclerc finished in P2 because, because, lap 1, lights go out. And mind you, on Friday's qualifying, which sets the order for the main Grand Prix, George Russell was actually knocked out in Q2. He qualified P11. But for the sprint shootout, George Russell was P4. So the lights go out. Turn 1, George gets a better start. And Max and George go cleanly from turn 1 towards turn 2. They are going wheel to wheel. George goes down the inside and they are going still wheel to wheel. Verstappen goes, tries to go around the outside. And you know, the, the, that's the first lap. Everyone has cold tyres. George locks up a bit. He, he really tries, you see the onboard, he really tries to make no contact, but unfortunately he does, which causes a massive hole in Verstappen's car. Yeah, so that is the reason Verstappen was not catching Charles Leclerc as quickly as he should be. Then George Russell overtook Verstappen, going into turn 3 on lap 1, but then Yuki Tsunoda went into the barriers, which caused the tyre to just, you know, just fall off. 
and then there was safety car and the safety car restart worst happens red bull versus mercedes it's not even a competition anymore worst happens is driving around for fun i suggest you know yeah, this is a joke so you ma- you can skip this part actually i suggest verstappen not allowed any qualifying or practice session you just bring that guy on a sunday starting from the back of the grid and challenge him to win the race and i dare and i not only dare you but i challenge you he'll win the race by 30 seconds or maybe not because there's a twist to come because remember charles took the pole position and behind him was max verstappen and this time era but but skip skip back skip back because you finishing order for the sprint was actually Sergio Perez Charles Leclerc Max Verstappen and George Russell but when Max got out of his car he saw the hole created by Mr Georgie Boy Russell and he went over to Russell to confront him and Russell was just like oh, I locked up check the onboard mate and he just walked off and He was saying I had cold tires. So Max went, mate, we all have cold tires. And Russell just walks up, and Max was stopping, calls him a swear word. I guess I'm not, I'm not a kid anymore. So was stopping, calls George Russell a dickhead, and I, okay, okay, I, I I agree that it was kind of not George's fault because he really tried. You can see the steering's upside down. so he really tried to make no contact but he did but i i like to call it a heat of the moment thing and we should just move on but th- it did not stop there on the post race interviews of the sprint you know both the drivers you know gave a jab threw a jab at each other like while it, uh, doing a press for the dutch media verstappen actually said i'm not going to back off because the princess george is there or something like that and Well, even George Russell said that I'm here to fight. I'm not going to back off because there's Max Verstappen in the Red Bull. So yeah, things got pretty heated. But for the actual Grand Prix, George Russell was starting way back, so there was not an issue. But yeah, I feel like both the drivers were at fault here. Not the actual incident. I don't care about the incident because what's happened happened. But after the race, I guess both the drivers could have behaved better. and unfortunately i believe that george russell could and maybe should have behaved better he just walked out you you could actually like talk to him so jo- during the post race interview george russell actually said that he he expected that you know, max verstappen was actually coming in for a handshake or you know coming to congratulate a great battle and blah 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 blah, blah. but he actually confronted him so i i get it that you not expect you expecting something else and you get something else but i guess he could have shown some more compassion and maybe just respected verstappen a bit more by staying there uh, i i get parked firm and all but maybe and before before you think i'm targeting a particular person lewis hamilton called verstappen a dickhead back at the 2018 bahrain grand prix was it i believe so So in 2018, Lewis Hamilton called Verstappen a dickhead, and same during the post-race interview when Lewis was asked that you called Verstappen a dickhead, like Sebastian answered for him, which I agree that if you stick a mic to football players, do you think they say nice things all the time when he gets tackled, or if you stick a mic to Virat Kohli playing cricket, do you think he utters nice word all the time? No, it's a heat of the moment thing, and we should just move on, like I'm gonna do now. So let's talk about. 
grid, right? The starting grid for Sunday. It was Charles Leclerc's prancing horse, Ferrari on top. Was stepping behind him, behind him is his main championship rival, Sergio Perez. Lights go out and Charles keeps the lead. But then, DRS is activated. We have something called DRS and Red Bull have something called Adrian Newey. Newey? His, his name is so funny. Like, no disrespect, but Newey. Or is maybe just my way of saying it, but it's, it's funny. You have to agree that. DRS, Verstappen turns on his DRS and Verstappen's car, Verstappen's Red Bull is 30 kilometers per hour faster than Ferrari. And that, that, that came to me as an utter shock and he just like walked past Charles Leclerc. He blew past Charles Leclerc like Charles was standing still. That was such a top speed of Verstappen. So Verstappen's leading. Behind him is Charles. Behind him is the king of street Sergio Perez. Again, DRS, Sergio Perez just flies past Mr. Russ, uh, Mr. Leclerc. But then, it is lap 12. There are yellow... Why am I making it so dramatic? Let me just snap out of it. Lap 12, uh, De Vries, who by the way has... Re- we'll talk about him at the end of the episode. I told you, we're trying something new. So, Nick De Vries uh, crashes. So... Let me just count up the corners. He crashes into turn 6 and he just parks it there. He misjudged, broke the suspension and he just parked it. So there were double yellow flags in sector 1 and 2 just before the run down to the castle section. He parked it there. So there were yellow flags and Hamilton and Verstappen pitted. So Hamilton pitted a lap before and Verstappen pitted a lap next. But before... The top three were fighting. Fernando Alonso, yeah, I've never seen, like, I've seen older races, but, but specific older races, but I've heard reviews, I've talked to people who has actually watched Fernando Alonso during his championship winning era. I've never seen that Fernando Alonso, I've never heard of him helping his teammate, like, uh, Lance Stroll is sitting behind Fernando Alonso, and Lance Stroll goes on the radio and says, Fernando, I will not attack you. Like t- he goes, like tell Fernando Alonso, I will not attack him, and they tell Fernando Alonso that uh, uh, may, uh, Fernando Lance will not attack you. He's doing the same thing as you. La- Fernando just goes, yeah, maybe he can have a go. I I, I can let him by. Uh, Hamilton uh, started graining. So if you don't know what graining is, the rubber actually melts and it sticks onto the track. But sometimes your tires are so hot that it sticks back onto the tire surface, you know, which causes an uneven surface and it basically lessens your grip. So, Fernando Alonso, the wily old fox, is driving two seconds behind Hamilton and he sees that Hamilton's gonna get graining. So, he says, it's a matter of time, Hamilton stop, we'll get him soon enough, he can have a go if he wants. The very next to next lap, two laps after Hamilton is in the pit lane. That wily old fox, Fernando Alonso. It's, it's, he's just genius. I now understand, I completely understand how and why Michael Schumacher lost out to Fernando Alonso. I mean, that battle, you know, the people who have witnessed it, who had the chance, who had the opportunity to witness it live. My respect. I mean, Fernando Alonso, take a bow. But then he goes on to the radio and says, still Lance, my brake balance settings, it was later on. So we'll get back to our more 
you know mixed up front three and uh, hamilton alonso battle so hamilton goes on to the into the pit next lap verstappen comes into the pit sergio perez continues and boom the safety car is called out because the vries car is still there and it was practically a waste of pit stop for lewis hamilton and max verstappen Verstappen comes out behind not only Checo Perez but he comes out behind Charles Leclerc but Charles Leclerc was a matter of a corner because by the end of the long straight the second long straight after turn 2 Verstappen was back into P2 and the hunt was on on the safety car restart but I guess I guess he really is the king of street Checo Perez in it he kept Max Verstappen at bay to come home and win the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Spoiler alert, I don't care. Sergio Perez has won the Azerbaijan Grand Prix and I'm like, I'm just so excited that the championship gap, mind you, the race was actually a snooze fest, okay? Mind you, but the gap is just down to six points. Checo Perez could leave the, by the way, this is a race week. So we're gonna have a back-to-back podcast, the Miami Grand Prix this weekend. So Sergio Perez could, could essentially leave Miami as leading the World Championship if he, if he continues the form. Now, again, once again, hear me out. I'm not trying to jinx him, but come on, check out, you got this. So, yeah, so this happens, Verstappen, you know, so Perez holds Verstappen at bay. But let us talk about the whole weekend, I guess. Tire degradation, yeah. Now, I told you we're trying something new. So, I've actually written down some points. Instead of remembering them, so I'm going to read them. Tire degradation this whole weekend was horrendous. And not for the actual race, but for the actual sprint, it was kind of interesting. Because it made the race unpredictable. Because many people started on softs and mediums for the sprint, which made sense. But people who started on softs had to bid, like Landon Norris did on the sprint, uh, on the sprint race on Saturday so tire degradation was horrendous but again less practication means more unpredictable race so I'm happy for it then sprint qualifying I totally missed out on this when Charles Leclerc took act the pole position for the sprint race on his final lap he actually went into a wall and he broke his front wing and then there he was parked for me, parking his car in front of P1 with a broken front wing. It was kind of hilarious. But let's talk about Yuki Tsunoda and Alfa Tauri in general. Just because Nick DeVries, ever since he got that P10 in Monza last year with Williams, I guess now it's coming into light that Nick DeVries' bad performance are uh, you know, being noticed by people the first three races. I guess people were starting to notice something, but it wasn't talked, you know, something big, like, but, yeah, Nick DeVries needs to improve, he's, he's, he's just not, like, I'd say Mick Schumacher was probably better than Nick DeVries, because this retirement was caused by Nick DeVries all by himself, so, and Yuki, Yuki's bad luck continues, I guess he crashed in both the, quali- he crashed in qualifying, and then, he lost his tire in the actual sprint race and it was kind of a horrendous weekend for Alfa Tauri to be fair actually. But let us talk about the Alpines because let's go four weeks back to Australia down under. 
third restart of the race. Two laps to go and the two Volpines come together and they are both out of the race. They are both out of the points. Scroll forward to two weeks when Otmar says that Alpine can fight for P2 alongside Mercedes and Aston Martin. Then scroll forward another two weeks to the Azerbaijan Grand Prix where free practice one and Gasly's car is on fire. Literally, his car is on fire. He, he had to retire out of free practice one because, yeah, I guess his engine caught fire. His engine caught fire. And instead of making moves and fighting for P2, at least in the championship, Gasly was fighting for P19 in the race. And that P19 was a given gift by Nick DeVries' retirement. So, yeah, but poor Gasly ended up finishing P17. I guess I'll explain you what happened to Esteban Ocon and Nico Hulkenberg. But let's talk about the points I've written down first. So, as I said about the Max and George Russell matter, you know, both the drivers could, should have been on their best behavior i firmly believe so and yeah but let's just move on we'll not talk about that max's bad luck i'll not say it's his bad luck because they tried something new on the outlaw on friday for the actual qualifying and they actually no eh, it didn't work out for them the tire he was basically losing grip in the slow speed section of the track then Lewis is bad luck. I mean, Lewis, it's technically not a bad luck. Like, but yeah, the safety car timing was pretty unlucky. It was possibly the worst timing for the safety car. That ruined his race. You know, he deserved a bit more luck this weekend, I feel like. And let us talk about a crucial incident. Now, mind you, I've started podcasting. I've been a podcaster since the Singapore Grand Prix in 2022. And I've been watching Formula 1 since 2021 British Grand Prix. And FIA, I don't remember like a single instance where FIA were praised because of their actions. All I remember is criticism at the Japanese Grand Prix, at Monza, at Abu Dhabi, at nearly at British Grand Prix, at Singapore, so on. They were criticized at Bahrain maybe. They criticized Saudi Arabia for, you know, handing out a technically unfair penalty to Fernando Alonso. Well, guess what? FIA, you know, they just, they just cannot escape controversy because Nico Hulkenberg and, as I said, I'll talk about them later, but we'll talk about them now. Nico Hulkenberg and Esteban Ocon were actually, they both started from the pit lane, so they started on hard tyres. And I said at the beginning of this segment where I read out the data, I actually said the tire deck was horrendous. But these two guys in the hope of a safety car and, you know, just praying that the safety car will come. It just did not come because Esteban Ocon did 50 out of 51 laps on hard tires. Can you believe that? But that is not even an unbelievable part because the same thing Al Bono did last year at Australia. 
the horrendous part, the sad part, the unfortunate part was it was the second last lap of the Grand Prix. Sergio Perez started his last lap and then Esteban Ocon obviously had to make the mandatory pit stop. You have to make a pit stop during a race to change the tyre compound. You have to at least use minimum of two different tyre compounds. So he was coming in for his mandatory stop and there were people all over the pit lane. Photographers and basically the press. You know, if was if it if it was not a pit lane or if it was just ahead just ahead of the pit limiter, I swear it could have been a a pretty nasty incident. If even if Okan didn't stop in time, let's say, cause what well, he was coming in and he just came to a wall of people in the pit lane on the actual fastest portion of the and not only that uh, if you check the onboard the last photographer actually came back on the track to see the car and he had to be pulled out of the way now that is even more dangerous FIA what were you thinking now I cannot put the full blame on FIA rather I should blame the representatives but FIA and clean races are like are just like my girlfriend imaginary Self-depreciating humor is at its best, ladies and gents. So, yeah, that's that's basically it. Now, this episode was kind of all over the place. But I feel like I'm making an improvement, such as writing those these things and reading, which has made it a little bit more clear. So, let us talk about one thing which I wanted to talk about. 2016 Azerbaijan Grand Prix, the first ever Azerbaijan Grand Prix was a snooze fest and so was this. Now I agree, not every race can be Australia. Not every race has to be dramatic. And okay, snooze fests are okay. Maybe it's just that th- there was three weeks of gap and we went into Azerbaijan just expecting a lot more. But despite Azerbaijan is known for its overtaking opportunities, mainly because of its 2.1 kilometers of straight, Less than 25 overtakes were made during this race. And as soon as you got close to a car ahead of you, you're, you know, you're running behind the dirty air of the car coming from the front. Like, I cannot put it into words immediately. But for example, you're catching up a car and you are just like on his gearbox. You are actually hurting your tires because of the dirty air that's coming off of the car in front of you so Alonso was at point he was so close to Lewis Hamilton but he was unable to make a move that Alonso decided to just hang back where the gap was six or seven turns he actually hung back so much that the gap was two seconds just to not hurt his tire now if so the racing has not gotten any closer this season the purposing is gone the safety measures, you know, purposing was actually quite harmful because uh, at the same weekend as Azerbaijan probably last year, Hamilton had back problems. So, purposing has got great job FIA. But if if you cannot get close to a car, how is it close closer racing? And it just makes the overtaking more difficult. And if if not for this, then why have we changed the regulations? Now, I remember the regulations were changed in 2006, uh, 2004 or six to stop the Ferrari dominance. 
regs were changed in 2013 to stop the Red Bull dominance. The regs were changed in 2021 to stop the Mercedes dominance. I agree, but if you name it that uh, we're changing the regulation just to get racing more closer and make more takes, that did work for last year. Not for the other, but the whole season, if you compare it with the 2021 season, it did work out. But this season, I, I'm not seeing it. And have we just you know, stuck in the, in the reverse gear without noticing, like, subtle, you know, if you, like, give it a subtle thought, just a random top-of-the-mind thought, you will actually realize that we are where we were. Mercedes are slow. Basically, Ferrari and Mercedes have switched places. Ferrari and Red Bull have switched places. And Mercedes and Red Bull have switched places. Now, that was hella confusing. And I find it funny. But, so essentially, Mercedes dominance is now Ferrari, uh, Red Bull dominance, which will, I believe, continue until 2026. If Mercedes and Ferrari don't catch up to Red Bull. But they have a new So, I, I just feel like, eh, maybe... Verstappen's here for the title, but come on, Checo, come on! You see how excited I get? But, yeah. So, I feel like, give it a thought from the top of your mind. Nothing's changed. A single team, two teammates are fighting for the world championship. It's, it's Mercedes all over again. I just remember that the 2016 season where Mercedes won 19 of the 21 races... Pretty unbelievable start, to be fair. And by the way, uh, I think it's the third time that a team has managed to win 14 out of the last 15 races. So, Red Bull have won every single race except Brazil last year. Now, that that record was and is previously held by our dear Mercedes boys, Nico, uh, Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton. But, yeah, so if, if I aim... I, I just, I'm kind of not getting it. That if you say racing's closer, but in 2016, it was a snooze fest and 62 moves were made. And in 2022, I guess it was, in, in 2023, I guess it was 22 moves were made, which is, yeah, it's it's bad. You know, every year, the overtaking numbers at Baku has, have been decreasing. But recently, I've seen Overtaking is a lot difficult in these 2023 cars, and this was a snooze fest. It was utterly, it was boring at such point that I was actually scrolling on Twitter, just reading about what's happened in the race. Then I remember this. Uh, this is a race week, so I get happy again. But then I remember it's the Miami Grand Prix, and I live in India, so I actually have to watch the race past midnight. And I remember last year's Grand Prix. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna sleep. So guys, if the podcast doesn't come next week, just just uh, just Im- uh, just accept that I've not watched the race and this guy has been asleep. Yeah, because I got to school Monday as well. So yeah, I guess that is it for this episode. Now this was something different. I feel like total fire right now. I've changed up the format. And it's it it hasn't got any better, but it's certainly not worse. And it's not the same as well. I just cannot express it. But yeah, Verstappen was sitting next to me. Uh, I hope so. 
but him physically not his soul or something that that's creepy okay i got to stop talking now say what's happened he'd say that this podcast is terrible but i think we are going into the right direction now if you have any suggestion haha social media plugin make sure that you follow me on instagram at the red d-n-y-a-n-r-a-j underscore g-o-r-e that's the accent that's an accent so on twitter it's but it's changed up a bit because i was permanently suspended off of twitter and i don't know the reason why so my new twitter username is at the rate d-n-y-a-n-r-e-j underscore g-o-r-e don't worry it's not the same after the g-o-r-e you put another underscore and there you will see my account so if you have any suggestions please feel free to drop them in my dms or put it to me or slide into my dms especially if you're a girl now i i need to stop hitting on on i okay guys gotta go i, I honestly should go so, so i hope you enjoyed this for whatsoever reason i i feel embarrassed now i hope you enjoyed this for whatsoever reason uh make sure you tune in next week where we're going to review the miami grand prix so guys thank you so much and i will see you in the next one